Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Nathan Stacken here along, alongside you. And uh, yeah, we this is uh, what, our second of the year? They're going to be, like I say, few and far between, but uh, pleased that you could be joining us today. Uh, hey, what a great time to be an SDSU fan. Football, three weeks remaining in the regular season. Jackrabbits look poised for another playoff appearance and hopefully a long playoff run and then uh of course i'm stoked i hope you're stoked as well for basketball season which is starting next tuesday season tips off next tuesday of course preseason or not preseason exhibition games uh were thursday night at frost arena so uh just super excited for basketball season mike dom leading the jackrabbit men to what we hope is a fourth consecutive uh you know fourth straight appearance for Dom and company in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they can win a game on the women's side, Macy Miller and and, uh, Madison Giebert and company. Hopefully they can make another uh, NCAA tournament appearance. Hopefully they can win at least one game, if not two, maybe advance to the Sweet 16. It would be great to see both the men and the women advance to the Sweet 16. Um, Just for the men, it would be great to see them win a game this year. That's for sure. Um, and I think, honestly, I think you can do it. it one of my bold predictions, uh, which will come out in the college basketball um, season preview blog on the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say SDSU is a Sweet 16 team. I know I'm just batshit crazy, you might say, a little, little out there, but I mean, assuming that Dom and Jenkins don't get injured and get some – uh, size in there. I, I just think this team, um, they're clear runaways to win the Summit League, uh, but are they going to be challenged throughout the, the season? I mean, there are those that are picking Denver on the men's side as a dark horse. Uh, USD, of course, lost Matt Mooney um, and their head coach to, uh, to Utah State. Look at the Utah State. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now but I mean those are significant losses for USD um, so that is a that's a tough loss for them and then North Dakota State the, Craig Smith I was going to say Adam Smith I knew that wasn't right Craig Smith now the head coach at Utah State um, of course you have NDSU Dave Richmond um, trying to get the the program back where they were a couple years ago, but I just don't see it happening for North Dakota State this year. North Dakota is a newcomer, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they bring, that, what they can provide to the Summit League. But the, the men, the SDSU men are just so superior to everyone else. And same on the women's side, too. I mean, USD is going to be a, a difficult team, um, as is Western Illinois. We know what uh, J.D. Gravina has been able to do there. Uh, but really, it's SDSU and everyone else. Um, hopefully, Omaha has a resurgent, uh, resurgent year. But as of now, we're going to say that the SDSU men and women win uh, the Summit League titles, uh, regular season titles, and the Summit League tournament titles, and will be putting their dancing shoes on come March. So uh, we'll have plenty of time to get into basketball here. We'll have a few more SDSU podcasts, I think throughout the basketball season um, 
as we have time of course you know these like I say these are going to be sparing spare uh, sparse sparse would probably be the word um, throughout but we'll try and get to uh, do a few as we can or a few more as many as we can obviously we're, we're really uh, shaking off the rust here in this opening segment here uh, but back to football uh, big loss was for the Jackrabbits was Isaac Wallace uh, running back yeah pretty versatile he, he provided a, a significant uh, spark I would say to to the team and just overall how he can run out of the backfield to catch um, so that was a significant uh, part of the offense that was lost. And I think you saw that against Northern Iowa a couple weeks ago in a game in which the Jackrabbits failed to score a touchdown. And you know they've had some offensive line issues as well, or injuries. So um, more has had to be placed on Terran Christian. Uh, well, we will have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader on here uh, in just a couple of minutes to go over, you know, look at SDSU season and I, I one of the questions I'm very intrigued by is uh, or that I will be asking him is what the offense has done to replace Isaac Wallace like how have they adapted to life without him because certainly it's it's a it's a difficult task it's uphill sliding for him the initial ten of the rankings came out for the FCS playoffs I mean get that you're trying to do something similar to the college football playoff but uh, rankings but there's just nothing really there however SDSU is ranked seventh so um, that's good uh, I suppose uh, no surprise that NDSU is the top seed uh, yeah no surprise there at all whatsoever so we'll see what, um, let's see if we can uh, get the full, or get the top 10 rankings going here. Uh, it's North Dakota State, James Madison. James Madison looks real good. They do. I watched that game against North Carolina State, came away really impressed. Um, I think they'll be, they'll be right there uh, and give North Dakota State all they can handle down in Frisco. I'm not even calling it. NDSU, James Madison. Sorry to Jackrabbit fans, but just not happening. UC Davis, number three, Weber State, four, Elon, five, Kennesaw State, six, South Dakota State, seven, Wofford, eight, Eastern Washington, nine, Delaware, ten. Those are your polls there, so we'll see how it all shakes out. Again, three weeks to go. Last week, the Jackrabbits had a big win against uh, Illinois State on the road. It's their first road win of the season, so that was a, a big win. They had a, a Forced a couple of turnovers in the second quarter. Really kind of put the game away. Illinois State had some garbage yards, garbage points late to make the score a lot closer than it otherwise would be. 38-28, uh, Taron Christian, once again, very good day for him. Uh, he's played very well really throughout this entire season. But uh, he had another big day. But how, how, many, how many touchdowns do you have? Well, I mean. Opening up with Adam Anderson, 64-yard touchdown. You can't be, can't be much better than that right off the bat. 81-yard pass to Kay Johnson. Kay Johnson's been very, very good for this team this year. So that's that's great to see. But uh, overall, three touchdowns, uh, three touchdown passes for Taron Christian in this game. 
against Illinois State. So that does improve SDSU um, season, what, 5-2? and 5-2, and two, I think. So uh, certainly that's you need to keep winning these games in order to make it to the FCS playoffs. But as we look back to last week in the Missouri Valley, uh, Western Illinois topped Northern Iowa 37-17. Both teams there 4-4. Four four. Indiana State beat Youngstown State. Youngstown State's bad. Uh, so Indiana State rolled them 43-17. SDSU beat Illinois State 38-28. No surprise. North Dakota State uh, wins a, another game. But I think it was just how badly they destroyed USD down at the Dakota Dome in Vermilion. 59-14. Yikes. And uh, Southern Illinois picks up a win over Missouri State. Missouri State is playing a lot better this year. A lot better than most people thought. But Il uh, Southern Illinois picks up the win there. Um, as we look ahead to this next week's slate of games in the Missouri Valley. 2.30 uh, p.m. Central Time, 3.30 Eastern uh, in Fargo, it's Youngstown State against North Dakota State. So an easy win for the Bison there. South Dakota's on the road at Indiana State. That's a noon Central Time kickoff there. Noon? I think it's noon Central Time. No, no maybe noon Easter there in Terre Haute. Uh, interesting game. Might have to go with Indiana State there. Western Illinois is at Southern Illinois, 1 p.m. Uh, Central stand, uh, local kickoff time there in Carbondale, Illinois. Give me Western Illinois there. Illinois State at Northern Iowa, 1 p.m. There in Cedar Falls, give, ooh, that's a tough one, uh, toss-up game, give me the home team, I think we'll take Northern Iowa there, and then Missouri State at South Dakota State, 2 p.m. kickoff in Brookings at the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium there, uh, of course, give me the Jacks, hands down. As we look at the uh, standings here, and so here we have the standings pulled up here. Uh, North Dakota State, 8-0 overall, 5-0 in the Missouri Valley Conference. South Dakota State and Northern Iowa and Western Illinois, all 3-2 in conference play. SDSU is 5-2, while Northern Iowa and Western Illinois are both 4-4. Four four. Illinois State, Indiana State, Missouri State, and South Dakota and Youngstown State, all 2-3 in conference play. Illinois State is the best, though, at 5-3 followed by Indiana State and Missouri State at 4-4, four and four, South Dakota and Youngstown State at 3-5, and five, and then Southern Illinois bringing up the bottom, bringing up the rear. They're 1-4 in um, Missouri Valley Football Conference play, 2-6 and six overall. So let's look at the standings there for the Missouri Valley. Again, Taryn Christian doing very well, I think, so far for the Jackrabbits. Uh, hopefully he can continue that great play over the next three weeks here, see what he can do in the, in the playoffs, but... Certainly, the future, uh, there were questions. What about Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicke leaving? Well, Taryn Christian has done, a, I think, a pretty remarkable job answering all questions there. But coming up next, we will talk with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Talk about football and his thoughts on the upcoming basketball season as well for both the men and the women. You're listening to the SDSU Sports Block Podcast, or Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes. Matt Zimmer coming up next from the Argus Leader. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. They haven't talked since uh, the beginning of the season here. Then uh, the Jackrabbits just had a big win at Illinois State. Uh, what impressed you most about that win? Offense. Um, you know, it led to some turnovers, which led to some big plays, and all of a sudden, what looked like it was going to be a close defensive struggle uh, kind of turned into a blowout. And so, like you mentioned, just the 
a really huge win for them. I mean, they it wouldn't have knocked them out of the playoffs if they'd have lost that game, but it would have left them with a, a really poor uh, resume going into the, the postseason because they wouldn't have had any good wins. I mean, that was their last chance really to, to get a big quality win against a ranked team, and they got it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you mentioned like Illinois State had a lot of garbage yards, some garbage points uh, towards the end of that game. Curious what you think of how the team has responded, how the offense has looked since uh, Isaac Wallace has been out. Of course, that's a big loss for them at running back. How do you think the offense has adjusted so far in his absence? Um, obviously, they struggled against Northern Iowa in the game that they lost in scoring touchdowns. And even last week, you know, if they hadn't had those two turnovers gifted to them in the second quarter, that game could have been a lot different. Um, Mikey Daniel played well. I mean, he's obviously a different style of running back. He's more of a, you know, battering ram that's going to get the tough yards between the tackles. Uh, what really hurt the Jacks, I mean, obviously losing Isaac Wallace hurts because he's a senior and he's an explosive player, but I think they felt like they could weather that storm with C.J. Wilson, the freshman who'd had a couple hundred-yard games, but now he's out too. And so losing both of those guys, then they were kind of hurting because those are their were their two sort of you know home run running backs, the speedy guys that could get to the outside. They don't really have that right now. So uh, are they making some adjustments? Yeah, I mean I think they just they have to be more of a pass happy offense for one thing, uh, and maybe it takes away a little bit of their RPO kind of stuff. Um, but you know if assuming C.J. Wilson comes back, and I think he is gonna eventually, maybe even this week. Uh, then maybe perhaps they can get back to where they have a little bit more of that balance and a little bit more unpredictability. How much more pressure then does this put on Taryn Christian uh, and the rest of the offense? Uh, a little, uh, but I think, you know, going into this season, the whole question was how are they going to move forward without Dallas Goddard and Jake mm-hmm. Winnick? So I think on some level, Taryn's already kind of been dealing with that. He already yep. is prepared for that. So taking away Isaac Wallace or, or CJ Wilson or whatever, it's almost just kind of like, well, big deal. I'm already, you know, overcoming the loss of this guy, that guy, what's another one. So I don't know that it changes his approach a ton. It just means there's one less weapon for him to work with. And that potentially uh, makes it a little easier for defenses to, to try different things, not having to necessarily account for an Isaac Wallace or a CJ Wilson. You mentioned, I think when we talked earlier this year about how the defense just had a different vibe to it they had a different approach or they they just felt different about how they were going to play this year uh and certainly it, they have played very well uh through this season what is the what is the difference between last year and how it's and the, the change over in the offseason how it's carried into this year uh, i think it's depth um you know they they lost kellen solik who was a good player they lost uh, both of their starting safeties, Chris Balster and Nick Farina, who are good players. But everyone else, for the most part, is back. Um, and it's not like, you know, one guy has stepped up and, and and been the answer to Kellen Solik or the safeties have been fantastic or anything. I just think um, they're a little bit deeper all the way across the board so they can play a, little, a few more guys. I think some of the younger guys on the defensive line, even in the linebackers, you know, Logan Backus, Seven Wilson, guys like that, uh, are a year older, have a year more of experience. Um, and then, you know, a guy like Christian Roseboom, even Brandon Snyder, who hasn't been great at times because he hasn't been fully healthy. Uh, those are just, you know, good guys to have on a defense because of their experience and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's it's for as long as the Jacks have been playing under John Stiglmeyer, really, 
they've never been a defense that even you know when they were good or when they were bad that that did something different or flashy or crazy. They don't blitz a lot. They don't run a lot of uh, nickel and dime packages. They stay in their base defense as much as they can and just kind of read and react and do their jobs, which is really boring, and, and people complain <laughs> about it a lot. Uh, but when you have good players who can stay, you know, assignment sound and, and all those cliches that coaches talk about and just do their jobs, um, that can be effective. And I think right now the biggest thing is – you know, it, it's kind of a no-name defense in a, in a lot of ways. I know Jordan Brown's a, probably the star at corner, and, and Christian Roseboom obviously has established himself as a one of the best linebackers in the country. But I think the big key is it doesn't have a weak link. You know, there isn't one guy where you say, well, that's the, where you're going to attack. That's the weakness. They're pretty solid all across the, all three levels, and even beyond that first 11. They've got, you know, 16, 17, 18 guys they can run out on that starting defense. Yeah, Absolutely, it it just seems yeah. There, there's just something different. It, it seems like about them. They're just they're fun to watch here as they always are. You mentioned Christian Roseboom being one of the best linebackers at the FCS level. Certainly, uh, is he getting any uh, interest from NFL scouts? Uh, I don't know. He's only a junior, so there's probably a, a year yet for them to entertain those sort of thoughts. I mean, he's big and he's fast, so you'd think he has a shot. I don't know if he's big enough. Uh, maybe he, you know, have to could put on some weight uh, still, or, or you know, he reminds me a little bit of Nate Gary, uh, the Sioux Falls, Washington kid who played safety and linebacker at Nebraska, and has been a, a linebacker with the Eagles early in his NFL career. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably will give you a, a better answer on that question next year. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to it there. Uh, the final three games: home to Missouri State this week, uh, at home. At Southern Illinois, uh, that game I thought was going to be a little bit more difficult than uh, uh, early on in the season after what Southern Illinois uh, did to Ole Miss. And then home to South Dakota here. So these are all three winnable games here. What do we envision or what what do you expect to see from SDSU these final three games? And what do you like? Are they still showing that they're a top three, top five team in the FCS level? Well, for their sake, what I hope they show is, you know, a, a focus and a, a determination and understanding that uh, the goals they set for themselves are attainable. They're in front of them. They don't need any help uh, if they take care of business. Uh, now, they could use some help. If they got some help, that could move them up even further uh, in the rankings. But, you know, the first top ten came out last night. Uh, they're seventh, which means if they just win their last three games, they're going to get a seed. Uh, there's a couple teams in front of them that still have some really challenging games that they could potentially lose, which would open the door for them to move up a little bit. Um, but, you know, we've seen it a couple times in recent years. Uh, you know, a lot of times the J- Jacks fans kind of want to go, well, you know, maybe we'll beat North Dakota State, and then whether we do or don't, we'll run the table against everybody else. Well, they've never done that, you know, and obviously that includes this year with the loss to Northern Iowa a couple weeks ago. Now, last three games – very winnable should they win all three yes they should but to just assume that oh okay these are easy games are going to win them and go straight to a playoff seed i wouldn't go that far uh so i think it's up to the to the team to the players to show that they can do that uh, to not get caught looking ahead or, or not stub their toe or whatever to take all three of these games uh very seriously as though as though essentially they're, they're playoff games because if they do that uh i don't think any of their next three opponents should beat them all right, yeah. Hopefully they do take that approach. Uh, you know, hopefully, like I say, make the make the playoffs. But 
Time will tell here in three weeks. Uh, shifting over to basketball now, because basketball season is starting. It's wonderful. I think there's a lot of excitement. And, uh, I mean, I've heard things about, oh, Denver could be that you know that dark horse in the Summit League on the men's side, but and the women. South Dakota State's clear favorites in both. And, I mean, there's really no team that really is going to challenge them a whole lot, at least not in my estimation. Do you agree with that? Sure doesn't look like it. I mean, you know, I think injuries would be the only, you know, factor. I mean, if Mike Don goes down, if Macy Miller goes down, uh, that would change things. But assuming that doesn't happen, yeah, it's legitimately hard to even find a contender. Who's going to challenge him? Um, you know, game by game, you, you know, you, you could always have that night where you shoot 20% from the floor and just nothing goes right and, and you get beat. So I'm not necessarily saying that, uh, either the men or the women are going to run the table through the Summit League. I'd frankly be surprised if either one of them did, just because, like I said, that's hard to do. Um, but you look around, you know, USD maybe could have been a good uh, challenger, but their best player transferred and yep. their coach. So it's hard to see them being on that level of, of competition. And you mentioned Denver. I picked them second in the league. A lot of other people did too, but we don't know. You know, I mean, they, they've got some turnover too, and, you know, they had a good year last year, but. That doesn't, I don't think, necessarily mean they're ready to challenge the Jacks. So that's kind of, to me, going to be the the sort of interesting storyline for both teams all year is just sort of how they handle that. And, you know, can they stay grounded? Uh, Do they, you know, find themselves in a lull of the middle of the season because no one's challenging them? Will they not be as sharp or as good or, you know, mentally... uh, fired up come March if no one has challenged them. I mean, those are legitimate things. I think probably TJ Otzelberger and Aaron Johnston are both uh, at least a little bit worried about. So, um, Complacency. you know, it's a good, a good place to be. I mean, you, you'd much rather be a team that everyone expects to win between 25 and 30 games. Uh, but certainly, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they handle all year long just being totally expected to just coast through this conference. Is one motivating factor perhaps the fact that they have both teams have unfinished business i mean the jackrabbits have not have never won an ncaa tournament game before the women certainly could be you know make it to the sweet 16 they have that sort of talent so is maybe that a motivating factor that they they know they need to play well to get back to the tournament and and win some more games or in the men's case win a game it is the problem with that is you can't do anything about that till march right also, and, and I, I had that exact conversation with players on both teams. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, the women are upset that they lost to Villanova last year. You know, they worked really hard to get an eight seed, which, you know, really set them up in good shape to get a win and then challenge a number one seed. And, and they got upset. So certainly that's, I think, been a driving factor all through the off season, And it will be during this season. And you mentioned the men obviously still haven't won a game. And with this being Mike Dom's senior year, there's certainly going to be some some a sense of urgency to do that, uh, but you can't you can't do that in November. You can't mm-hmm. do it in January. So uh, I I don't know exactly how they handle that. It's I think maybe what it will be will be a constant throughout the season, sort of evaluating. You know, are we on track to reach those goals? Yeah, we're in first place in the summer league or, or this, that, and the other. But do we feel like we're making the progress to where we're going to be that team in March and April? And again, uh, that's going to be a challenge for TJ and AJ. North Dakota joins the Summit League. This will be their first year in Summit League play. Uh, so another team along I-29 here. What does their presence bring to uh, to the league on both the men's and the women's side? Another bus trip. <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, seriously, that's, that's you know, the, the Summit League now is 
getting closer and closer to looking like what the old NCC did back in the day. And uh, that's a good thing. I know a lot of Jacks fans kind of like to feel like they've moved on to bigger and better things and they want to feel like they're big time now and that getting back with those old NCC teams is, is going back to the, the bad old days or whatever. But I really don't look at it that way. I mean, being in a league with teams you know, way out east or way out west can be problematic. And it's not going to get any easier with colleges dealing with budgets and all those sorts of things. So when you have familiar rivals and teams that you can that are within driving distance that are in the same recruiting footprint uh that's a positive for the summit league and i think for sdsu as well um from a competitive standpoint uh north dakota pretty good women's program uh, it was a really good program in division two it hasn't been quite as successful in the transition but but they're pretty solid i think they went to the tournament either last year or the year before that uh the men i think went to the tournament once too although they haven't yep. been uh uh, consistent, I guess, in, in, in their move over, but it's a good addition to the league. I mean, that's a program that spends money, that has a fan base, that has good facilities. I mean, anytime, the biggest reason it's such a good thing to get all these NCC schools back together is because they're flagship universities. You know, yep. North Dakota and North Dakota State are the two most important colleges in North Dakota, and obviously the same for the Jacks and the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the same in Illinois and, and Indiana and some of these other schools, Michigan, wherever, Colorado, talking about some of these like, you know, similar institutions from a profile standpoint, but they're maybe the eighth or ninth in the pecking order in their state yep. where these schools are, are top two, top three. So that that's another reason it's a big addition to the summer league. Mike Dom has been named to the 2019 Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year Award uh, preseason watch. Uh, I mean, he is, he's been touted as the best senior in the country. We know about David Jenkins Jr. So outside of those two guys, who, who no doubt will lead this team, who, who on the men's side should, should fans maybe be paying attention to a little bit more? Or who's going to really come out and star this year for the Jacks? Uh, well, the starting five is pretty clearly going to be those two and Tevin King and Skylar Flatten and Brandon Key, the guys that, that played a lot last year. Uh, Tevin King had a breakout year last year. Skylar Flatten had a really good year. I think he would have had better numbers. They're just there are only so many shots to go around on a mm-hmm. team like that. Um, but as far as, you know, if, if there's someone maybe looking to make a bigger impact or, or a new face, clearly that would be Owen King. Uh, he's the tr- probably the only true freshman that's going to play. Uh, a superstar out of Caledonia, Minnesota, two-sport star. Uh, he was a great quarterback down there. Uh, Augustana's football coach told me last year that he was good enough to be a Division II starting quarterback when he was a junior in high school. Wow. Uh, that goes to show you just how good of an athlete he is. Uh, and he's going to play a lot on the basketball court. Uh, and then, you know, with uh, Reed Tellinghusen and Ian Tyson moving on, Mike Dom's really the only returning big man. So someone else has got to step up so they're not constantly playing four guards. And uh, Alu Dillon, I think, is a guy who redshirted last year, but you could kind of see uh, just watching him on the bench or in practice before games. Uh, he's got a lot of ability, and he's put on a lot of good weight in the offseason, clearly spent a lot of time in the weight room. Same goes for Matt Dentlinger, another guy who is a big body, 6'8", going to have a chance this year. So I think those three are the ones that you know I'll be looking to see just how much TJ's willing to play them, just how much he's willing to put on their plate and, and how much they're going to play. Same thing on the women's side. We know, of course, Macy Miller and Madison Giebert, both of them are seniors. Uh, we saw some of uh, Tylee Irwin last year, Tegan Larson. But So who is someone else? And A.J. 
constantly recruits well in the area and just seems to roll out, you know, four or five new players that always has a deep bench. Who, who on the women's side uh, might fans uh, get to know a little bit more this year? Uh, well, I think you might see a bigger year from Tegan Larson. She's a junior this year, you know, kind of worked her way into the lineup last year as a sophomore. Uh, but as far as new players, uh, Peyton Burkhardt, a freshman from Aberdeen, six foot wing. I think she could play a lot. Um, Megan Boltzma is a six, three junior who has a lot of size. You know, she's tall. Uh, she's got, she's, you know, a, a physical kind of player, uh, but she hasn't really done anything in her first couple of years. And uh, I think part of that is just, you know, she came from a small high school program in South Dakota. I think she was a little bit of a project when she got there. Uh, and I, I asked Aaron Johnson, I said, is she ready to contribute this year? And I would say he, his answer was cautiously optimistic, uh, you know, that she's still not Clarissa Ober, you know. But I think they're they're hopeful that she can be that kind of presence, at least defensively. You know, someone, when you've got that kind of size, you put put her in there at the five can block shots, can rebound. That, that's something they could really use because obviously they're loaded at, in the backcourt and on the wing. Yeah, oh, you know what? I'm I'm so excited. This is uh, you know we like college football and everything, but I'm jacked for uh, uh, basketball to start up again. And the season will tip off officially. We have exhibition games this week, but uh, tip off for the season regular season begins next Tuesday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Matt, I appreciate the time as always. Um, enjoy the game this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up here down the road. Thanks so much. You bet, Nate. See ya. Thank you. Matt Zimmer, Argus Leader, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us. Great insight as always. You can find him at ArgusLeader.com. You just, he's, you know, they do the, what, the video blogs and the, you know, the articles, the columns, everything. Uh, so much great stuff there. So appreciate his time as always. Like, like I said, I'm jacked for basketball season to begin. Uh, again, hopefully the football team does well. You got three games remaining here on the on the regular season schedule. Should be able to win. Uh, but oh, college basketball already starting this year. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have a couple other thoughts here and wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, momentarily. All right, so uh, thank Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader again for joining us here, for um, giving us a few minutes to talk football and uh, basketball with us. Uh, again, apologies for the, the first about minute or so. You probably didn't hear that, but the rest did go through, so uh, apologies there. We had some technical difficulties with the with the microphone. It's on my side, not on Matt's side. So, um, But uh, good interview there. Uh, good stuff, as always, from Matt Zimmer. You can find him on the Argus uh Argus Leader, videos, audio, newspaper columns, or columns, stories, everything related to the SDSU Jackrabbits. Matt Zimmer's got it for you there with the Argus Leader. I will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Uh, normally do the SDSU Sports Update. Not really kind of doing that anymore. Uh, I guess just noticing on a couple of things here. Hey, uh, congratulations to the cross-country team. Again, they're, they're playing... Uh, they placed the men placed first in the Summit League championships there in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, last Saturday, they have the Midwest Regional Championships in Peoria, Illinois, on Friday, November 9th at 11 a.m. The NCAA Championships in Madison, then November 17th, that is at 11 a.m. as well. Just to check in with the uh, with the women as well. Uh, I mean. 
SCCU is so so good at this. Uh, they did take third place there. Uh, same thing though for them uh, with the Midwest Regional Championships and NCAA Championships uh, in Peoria and Madison, respectively, at 11 a.m. There, so uh, again, cross country does very well for SDSU. Uh, basketball, again, just to to get to it, uh, let you know kind of the schedule here for the next week or so. Um, the men had an exhibition with uh, South Dakota School of Mines. They beat them 82 to 63. Uh, take it for what it is. And you're like, well, maybe you should beat them by more. It, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, SDSU will host Grand Canyon on Tuesday, November 6th at 7 p.m. They're at Frost Arena. Two nights later, November 8th, they host Alabama State. Tavares Jackson's alma mater for those Vikings fans out there. Again, at Frost Arena. And then Saturday, November 10th, they host Bemidji State. So three home games next week. Check out uh, Mike Dom and David Jenkins and company there at Frost Arena. As for the women, they tip off an uh, early game on Tuesday, uh, November 6th, against Marquette. Marquette is ranked uh, 19th. So that is huge. Oh, by the way, I should mention that they also had an exhibition uh, game on Thursday as well. It was a doubleheader there alongside with the with the men they beat mary university of mary north dakota 77 46 so tuesday they host mark or they, they're at marquette 11 30 a.m eastern marquette is ranked that's going to be a very good test right out of the gates for the for the women then they host florida gulf coast florida gulf coast has been very uh has been a good mid-major on women's side here lately that's at 7 p.m so friday november 9th there and then following monday they're at central michigan so interesting there. Uh, so, again, yeah, women always have a difficult schedule. Hey, Baylor's on the schedule this year, so we get a chance at redemption and revenge for Kim Mulkey for what her shenanigans there back when the Jackrabbit women uh, first made it to the NCAA tournament. Probably should have gotten to the Sweet 16 that year by beating Baylor. Uh, we won't forget. We never forget. We don't forget. Uh, this is for you, Kim Mulkey. Come on. Now, let we're getting that's beside the point right now we'll get to baylor here coming up that is friday november 23rd so the day after thanksgiving there in las vegas nevada so neutral site but uh it'll be interesting to see what sdsu women can do against baylor there again football men or football team kickoff 2 p.m dana j dykehouse stadium against missouri state so looking forward to that again football winding down final three weeks of the regular season playoffs coming after that the jackrabbits should be in the playoffs here barring and a uh, catastrophe uh, upsets of epic proportions here finish up with missouri state at home at southern illinois we're seeing in the missouri valley and then home to usd should be winning all three of those fairly convincingly and basketball tipping off here i just i love college basketball so i'm glad that the sport is here uh it's come that the season has begun and uh, looking forward to SDSU men's and women's basketball this season, that's for sure. Again, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block podcast. That little uh, section there. Search for the SDSU Jackrabbit Edition here. Um, you can find me on Twitter or follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. I have a link to the 
uh, podcast posted later part of each week. Uh, always appreciate that we do this. Uh, it's, again, it's only the second one we've had this year, but always appreciate you listening here. We will have more throughout the basketball season. We'll have a couple more here to wind down the football season as well. Uh, so hopefully we can get Matt Zimmer on for a couple more uh spots here on the podcast but again always appreciate you listening here uh and we end the podcast as we always do with a go big go blue go jacks nathan stack and saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sport uh, this edition of the sports block podcast sdsu jack rab edition we'll talk to you again next time ears up jacks fans go big go blue go jacks